0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to On the Line Tennis Podcast, episode sixteen. It's me, Jack, as always, and my co-host. Gavin,
1: yeah. Wow. Episode sixteen at the number. I know it goes up every week, but it's still surprising how many of these we've actually. Made. I know, I know
0: you're I know you're, it, really. you're always surprised, Gav, But you're quite right; it's quite surprising. I know the audience,
1: the audience are sticking with us despite my well uh, incomprehensible <laughs> accent. <really. laughs>
0: well, we don't have uh, proof the audience has stuck with us to be well We've got we've got viewers at least. So we'll yeah, take yeah. we'll take that we'll take that. Gav's just compared me to Graham Norton. Everybody, I don't know if I should take that. I think uh,
1: it's this like, is just a natural it's... way you introduce. It so naturally, like right? he loves, um,
0: yeah, he loves the introduction. I, I don't know if I'll take it quite yet. I'm not quite yet in Graham Norton standards, but I'm I'm getting there. I think with that with that in mind, I'll try and uh, very fluidly introduce us and give us all the uh, give everybody the details for the rest of the episode. We're going to cover a few tournaments, or a couple of men's tournaments, and a couple of women's tournaments. So the men's side there was Moscow, and there was Antwerp. Yep, yeah. yep. And then on the women's side there was also Moscow, and there was. Tenerife. I think mm-hmm. the biggest of those four tournaments would have been the Kremlin Cup on the ladies' side, which is a 500 tournament, and then the rest were two fifties. Yep. So yeah, we're just going to cover a bit about the finalists, a bit about a few of the other things that happened along the way. One man in particular, I'm sure Gab is dying to talk about, uh, not by the name of Andy Murray. It's going to be quite exciting to talk about Marin Cilic in a positive oh, light like for <laughs> once. I've been waiting all
1: week for this. This is this is literally the the making my week, you know. Whole it's literally the <laughs> You've been waiting all year
0: for this, I really. Admit, I, I
1: didn't see his first match against Juma, uh, but I was watching the highlights, and I was like the day afterwards. I forgot to check the scores. I was surprised myself here. You know, it's a Church match. You know, need to get some more excitement, in there mm-hmm. as if there wasn't enough already, the fact that he was playing. Mm. And I just, as soon as I saw the opening point, and the highlights, I thought this is going to be a three set grind out here. Mm-hmm. Sure enough, it was. And I was just thinking, this is great. And then sometimes, you know, with Maron, it's, it's typical Marin. It's like, what a shot that is. It's like a forehand winner. And he tries to play a drop shot off a ridiculous part of the court. It's like, mm-hmm. what is he doing? Proper brain fade stuff. But um mm-hmm. A great run to the final to be fair to him. I mean, I, I
0: suppose we're diving into um, Moscow now. I hadn't even, like, yeah, me, no, I, no, so it was, just it was good. No, it was a good it was, just that was a good segue, Gav. That's fine. I, let's start with Moscow. That was fine. We continue with what you were saying about Chilich there.
1: Yeah, finally, finally, a bit of a promising excitement to get kind of. Well, I guess if you're a fan of his or if you're a fan of the game in general, you obviously want to be seeing him play well because he's, he's been such a constant name there for the past 10 15 years in the men's game. And I was I was sort of starting to feel like maybe it was going to be like Burditch in terms of is this the end of his career slowly but surely phasing out and yeah, yeah. going away from the public eye but uh, that that's a really promising result that in an indoor hard court um
2: just
0: yeah, yeah. Clearly,
1: he's not really he's not really played his best stuff this year but um,
0: yeah I was going to say Gav you know a lot of the time you watch him and he's just all over the place like you could hmm. do one thing one point and then another thing another point the three matches after Zoomer. I think it was Tommy Paul was the most impressive one. But you also had Pedro Martinez and you had Ricardis Barrancas, who made the semi finals out of absolutely nowhere. I've not yeah. seen Barrancas in years. Um, but there you go. Uh, yeah, he, he was playing serving for. Obviously, it's going to be the serving beforehand, isn't it, with challenge, But he was playing the serving forehand like a dream and just like mm. blasting through service games comfortably because he, he won all those matches in straight sets. That's challenge in full flow, you know, when it doesn't get complicated and he's not mixing things up yeah, with drop shots and some,
1: stuff sometimes he, he gets himself into trouble and he almost overthinks the situation you know maybe that's when he gets tight but you know you, you notice like when he when he gets tight he tends to play more drop shots and stuff it's like just stick to your, your game. i know exactly tried yeah. and tested yeah just hit you know from the baseline you've got great ground strokes what what we doing playing drop shots and slices it's just like that's not your game just, just stick to the fundamentals and you, you'll be able to at least run it close if not you know beat the majority of players you come up against you know but it's like sometimes he just overcomplicates it and it's like what are you doing but this week he seemed to come to the net quite a bit as well which is obviously i guess not surprising indoors um big server like him as well
0: yeah obviously would, you yeah. know
1: have a tendency to be able to come to the net and use that kind of big his to advantage to finish off points quicker but yeah no that was that was really good to see because like i was honestly thinking i hope this isn't going to be like the retirement announcement at the end of the season or whatever because it was Kind of that sort of wayward a season from him, you know. There was no real standout results, even in the grass court season. I know he won Stuttgart, but other than that, Wimbledon or whatever, he just kind of. He played well at Wimbledon, to be fair. He did have that, I know, but just against Medvedev, it was kind of like. It was a bit of a chillage job. It was just, yeah. I mean, even when I was watching this, I'm like, he's going to chillage this, isn't he? And yeah. I'm not seeing that as an offensive thing, but he has done that in the past. And he's got a
0: history. He's got a history of that. Yeah. You know, obviously he's a brilliant player, but yeah, he yeah. has. He's got a history of that, yeah. so it's not unfair. But I I agree like it's it's good to see him actually doing well again and hopefully this leads to more cuz I I like watching him play he's a he's a really fun player to watch when he's playing well and he's a bit exciting, obviously the drama of Cilic isn't it. So, yeah, uh, I hope I hope he can carry on uh, that, that run of form into the next season. I don't know if he's playing again. Probably Paris, maybe if he can I mean, play probably Paris. Yeah, Paris but... yeah, but I
1: don't see him playing that many in the two fifties going into. Yeah, I don't think so. In, I think, I,
0: in fact, I think it's only this week. Gavin. I'm pretty sure Paris that's, starts that's next week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. Good it, that set, isn't it? I know. Yeah. Paris <laughs> next
1: uh, to the finals.
0: You yeah, it's not on- be
1: Given that option anyway, <laughs> playing
0: anymore. Huh? Yeah, it's on super quick. It's quite mad. Yeah. <laughs> Moving on to maybe a few of the other matches we had at the start of the tournament. So, talk a little bit about uh, a peer of and Gilles Simon, who won back to back matches for the first time in literally a year. Yeah, yeah. Which, yeah. poof. I, okay, it's a small win, but Simon will take any win. I think the
1: with Simon, is, so even though he wasn't winning that much, I mean he did play like the classic Simon match against davidovich fakina in Mets. And I remember watching yeah. that, and it was it was like I think it was a Wednesday afternoon. It was kind of like you know a prime time afternoon slot, and I thought you know this is gonna go into the night session here. It's gonna be that longer grind, and davidovich fakina is gonna get really frustrated. And it's gonna last like three hours, and it did. Like he was literally doing classic Simon, and just getting balls back into the court, but not just getting them back, getting them back in awkward you know, areas, you can't really out-hit them because it's like, you'll get the ball back in a deep area, maybe not with that much pace, but you've got to generate your own pace and you're going to have to play the ball from deep in the
0: court. You know, it's a really difficult combination to kind of get, get through, you know what I mean? He's just not been as quick this year. And then um, yeah. we, we saw to Pass at the start of the year, for example, that's the match that comes to mind when I think oh, about that was one this pretty, year yeah. that was, in Australia.
1: That was difficult to
0: watch. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He just gets blasted off the off the court more times than he than he doesn't. Definitely, but he he got a really good win against Jair at the start of the the week, and he also beat Mackenzie McDonald, which I was very surprised at. Mackenzie McDonald yeah. should have been the favorite there for yeah. sure. It was three and two, so good stuff for Simon. I'm a fan of Simon as well. Maybe maybe more so than Chilich, Certainly, yeah, I, I love watching I his if
1: game. Can, if you can always. Um... If he can always play the same style and maybe just, you know, if his movement sort of, I know it's difficult, you know, he's getting older now, but if he can sort of keep injury free, he's always going to cause like a handful for players. He might not win as many matches as, you know, he would usually do, but um I think he's always going to be the sort of sort of guy that even if he loses a match, it might be a like tight three setter in the 250s, whatever, because he's always going to be a difficult guy to, to put away. So he doesn't make that many errors if he's playing at least 7 out of 10 tennis or more. He's not not really, he's not not going to sort of game that's going to overhit or just lose the court. He's always going to be able to hit spots, you know. Good to, yeah, good to see him playing well.
0: Yeah, definitely. Another very surprising loss at the start of the week. Adrian Manorino beat Andre Rublev in the round of 16, I think. A rematch of the final a couple of years ago. Yeah. Uh, Rublev had a match point in the second set, but Manorino went on to win it.
1: Don't know about Rube it was funny. Um, start of the season, I remember watching him in Rotterdam, and I was thinking, you know, if he continues this level of play, you know, he's got a real chance of maybe not winning a slam. I didn't think he'd win a slam, but I thought, you know, at least getting to maybe semis of slams, kind of breaking through. I know he'd been into the quarters before, but you know, really doing his best, um, his personal best at slam, um, this season. And even, you know, I know, he made the final in Monte Carlo, but being honest, I think. Really, the the level's kind of fallen off a cliff a wee bit since the Monte Carlo final. The way he played in that match, even, you know, he was so timid. This is a guy that beat the Dow on the Friday, and I was thinking, you know, he should have so much confidence going into this match. There wasn't a crowd. The occasion, even though it was a Masters final, there was no real crowd there. So it didn't really feel like, you know, there's going to be thousands of people watching. It's kind of an empty stadium. Um, you know, you you should be able to maybe not feel as nervous, but he just got really tight in that match, and ever since I've never seen him produce that level of tennis that he did in um Rotterdam from there on in this season.
0: Yeah, okay. I I thought he was good against. I think the best match he's had since then was maybe against Medvedev in Cincinnati. Uh, he yeah, beat him in the, the semis yeah, there. I sort
1: of felt what was it? Was it the thing at the back of the court in that match really? Yeah, got under Medvedev's skin, and I kind of thought that maybe. Helped the we would not to say that Rublev wouldn't have won, but I think that that was kind of the straw to break the camel's back, as it were, in terms of you know, that really just really pissed off. Um, and I kind of felt uh mentally yeah. maybe he's not fully switched on, but yeah, he has played well since then, don't get me wrong, but the way he played in Rotterdam, it was such. High level, consistent, lights out tennis. I just, yeah,
0: I know what you mean. Like,
1: the rest of the year, you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, like, you you watched him at the start of the year and you were like, How's anybody beating this guy?
1: And then, yeah, in the 500s anyway, you know what I mean? Yeah. And then it just kind of, it would be harsh to say that fight, Masters final might, might have caused it, but equally, you know, it is kind of true. You know, he played Nadal, he beat Nadal in that quarter final, and I thought, Wow, this is, you know, this is confirming what i Yeah, that, that, that was his I,
0: match of the season, definitely. Yeah,
1: and then, it just it didn't really come together for him since then. But, um, yeah. you know, you never know what could happen in Turin. He's qualified now, so that he doesn't have that stress mm. on his shoulders for the rest of the tournaments going into Turin. So maybe he can have a late-season renaissance, but I'm just not sure. I mean, I think he needs to have a bit more variety to his game. I think I said that uh, last week. And maybe he will do that in the off-season, but um, on his day, he's still a great ball striker and he's got a lot of power. So um, Se- Second
0: yeah. serve, still got some ways to go as well, in my opinion. Yep. Definitely.
1: Yeah, that's, that's, that's a good point.
0: Yeah. But on the title list, Karatsev mm-hmm. um, in his semi-final had saved four set points in the first set against Karin Kachanov. Yep. They had plays twice before and Kachanov had won both times before and very interestingly in the match they'd play, played previously, there was also a tie-break in that match that also went 9-7, but it went the way of Kachanov. Um, so it's quite interesting to see them. Yeah. Again, very very close to the wire, yeah. Mm -hmm. But Kratzev kind of ran away with it after that. In fairness to him, again, you know, amazing level there, definitely. And then against Chilich as well, he was way too good for Chilich, two and four in the end, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Particularly the backhand for me, just a bit more solid than Chilich. Who, you know, when Chilich misses a backhand, he doesn't miss it. Uh, yeah, he misses it by quite a
1: regular miss. It's kind of a, an epic yeah. miss. it's like doubles, yeah. you know, doubles alley. Yeah, miss. yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah like exactly, exactly. Down the line, yeah, yeah. And uh, karatsev just uh, he was quite happy to settle into that pattern of play or black. You know, a, a bit mixture of the two. He sort of balanced the two really well. He'd either uh, blast it or he'd he'd wait for a error. and it was way too much for for Marin, who though he played well. Uh, he he could only get one break point the whole match. So yeah, he, I
1: mean I, th- I think with Karatts, uh, he's got that firepower, it's it's gonna be very difficult to to stop him if he's like similar to Baslash really in a way, you know, when they're playing kind of the lights out tennis, their style of constant aggression, you know, you can't really get a foothold if they're consistently hitting the lines or hitting deep in the court. Um I do think, you know, we can't say if there are going to be weeks where he loses first round, but there will be weeks where he can win a title. It's sort of similar to that basel really thing of, you know, there will be weeks where he might go on a run of maybe three or four losses in a row, but then he can win a title after that. It's, it's yeah. That type of tennis that they play, constant aggressive uh, yeah. tennis.
0: I, yeah. I, 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 what do you think of this theory though, Gav? This is interesting, because now you've just said that, I wonder where you stand in this. He is a brilliant player. I don't think he's a total flash in the pan for sure, but I think he doesn't have the consistency to make another run like he did in Australia.
1: I mean, it's, it's a difficult one. Um, I, I do think a lot of it could come down to coaching because we've we seen a player like Stan Wawrinka at the start of his career. He had a lot of good wins in slams. You know, he made Masters final in 2008 in Rome, but he wasn't quite able to unlock the, the key to go deeper at slams. And I think uh, when he teamed up with Magnus Norman, that obviously had a big... Um, impact and how far he was able to go and he unlocked his potential. So it could be a case of said Maybe he was talking about the influence of his coach. Um, that he had at the start of the season. So maybe, maybe he will be able to find something a wee bit extra. Um, going into next year. Bear in mind, it will be more difficult for him because the you know the rest of the two have seen him play for a year and they will know, know his yeah. kind of strengths and weaknesses. But I don't know. I've got a bit of faith in him. I think. Um, it takes someone of quite a, that strong mental character and bottle to have continued to play challenges for as long as he did and to get to this level. I think he's. I think he's the sort of type that will get the most out of himself. Can he get to the semis again? Well, it's difficult because you know the quality in the men's draw now. Um, the men's game now is certainly getting much closer. The gap is not as large as it once was. You know, it's a yeah. lot of very very good players in the draw, so he could he could like. You know, bumping the lights like, for Brooksby third round and that to be it. You know what it means. It's going to be very difficult to sort of.
0: Yes, yeah, open obviously. Yeah, mm. yeah. That, yeah. That's, so that's what is. happened to him. Yeah,
1: yeah. So yeah. Six, six and a half a dozen. It's, I think he can. Do I think he will? Well, it depends on the draw and circumstances. Yeah, yeah. a bit, a bit of luck maybe, but a bit but, of luck. He certainly yeah. like the game. He's able to, but yeah. yeah, I think he's mentally tough, tough enough in the big I, moments to... I know what
0: you mean. Yeah, to, but it's a, a strange lot- one, isn't it? Yeah, it's a strange one, but I know what you mean, a lot of these journeymen who have made it late in their careers, like Avashka and stuff, are quite mm-hmm. gritty, they've got a very, um, the mental side of their game is actually very, yeah, very I
1: mean, strong. Yeah, the amount of locations he's gone to, to try and you know, get the most out of his game, and he's consistently been in the move, You know, that takes a lot of dedication, and believing yeah. in yourself that, you know, okay, the ranking might not be where I want it to be at the moment, but um, I believe I can get it there, and yeah. it has, so... It's always difficult because, like, you never know the effect a coach will have on a player. The effect that um maybe watching footage of them play and realize, oh, I should be doing that. And maybe it's just like an epiphany moment. Um, yeah, but yeah. It's, it'll be interesting to see what happens to him because he is one of these players that you know he's quite streaky at the moment. But if he gets a bit more consistency, you know, he could be potentially knocking in the door of the top fifteen, top ten.
0: I think after covering Karatsev's win there, I think we'll also look at the women's side of mm-hmm. the of the Kremlin Cup, or are they both called the Kremlin Cup? I don't know That's if they are. I was the yeah, yeah.
1: I'm just calling the women's one the Kremlin Cup to be safe. The I seat. know
0: the women's definitely is, but I don't know if the men's is. Ah. Anyway, yeah, we'll cover the Kremlin Cup then. And on that side of the draw, Annette Contovit beat Aleksandrovic, Katarina Alexandrovna, in the final. What was it? 4-6, 6-4, 7-5, something oh, along long those long lines. Match. Yeah. It was a very long match, yeah. We'll just cover the final quickly, I guess. Mm-hmm. She... I don't know how much of this you saw, Gav, but she was 4-6, love 4 down before she won that second set, 6-4. Yep. Yeah. So massive comeback and then Alexandrov was also 5-4, juice up in the final set and lost the lost her out. service game from there. She couldn't close it out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Amazing stuff from Contevit who wins her third title in two months, I think. Yeah. So that's a couple of 500s and a 250 and then she also Oh, she didn't win the tournament at the start of the year. Sorry, she um, was a tied finalist position at the Grand trophy with Anne Lee because they never played the final. So th- three titles anyway, though, and and that's three titles since pairing up with Dmitry Tursunov as well. Her new coach. So now she's got a record of twenty-one to two. Yeah, just like that's... I was saying
1: earlier, you know, never, un- non- never
0: underestimate the value of a coach, and you know what, what a new dynamic can bring. Up mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, exactly. Sorry, twenty-one to two with Dimitri off, I should say two great women's finals in the
1: past two weeks, isn't it? After the Indian Wells one last week and now another one this week. I mean, mm-hmm. women's game's in a good place.
0: Really is. Yeah, yeah, place. yeah. I, I would say also in commentary, just uh, she pressed me so much this week. Certainly against Alexandra, she was amazing. Against Muguruza earlier in the week, don't one and know one if you saw on that. Yeah, one and one. Yeah, 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 yeah. it's mad against somebody like Muguruza, who's an amazing returner but Muguruva was only able to win uh, six points against Contević's serve the entire match, which oh. is, I don't know, it's mad. Like, that's mad. not like
1: John Isner sir. no no to Contević, but it's not like John Isner no. serving bombs, that's just...
0: No, not at all. I think she aced, she aced her about six times as yeah. well, to be honest, but it didn't matter. Like, she didn't need to ace her. She was just like... She was playing so well from the baseline. It was insane. She was returning amazingly well as well. Just... One of those days where, you know, she was just going for absolutely everything and, and she was and pulling was them off. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. I think it was twenty two winners to two in the end. In fairness yeah. to Megarutha, I think it's kinda of not the best conditions for her, like low bouncing ball. Um she kinda of likes the ball to sit a bit higher when she hits the forehand yeah. in particular. But still amazing. Like so amazing and contribute really impressed me she impressed me so much as well on a strava like when she's been on these title runs she looks close to unbeatable and she didn't play amazingly today against Alexandra, but she just dug in that's finding a
1: way to win isn't it that's the most impressive thing about i think about any player you know doesn't you know the scoreboard doesn't tell you how well or how badly you've played if you just find a way to grind it out that's a great quality in itself you
2: know
0: yeah yeah exactly and that's what i think kontovit's doing so well particularly now she's got Tursunov on her side who obviously has experience with Sabalenka and stuff, I think he's very aware of how to win at the, the top of the game, definitely I would just say on Alexandrova as well, she really needed wins like this because it had been a while, I think that's the, what was it, she doubled, yeah, she doubled her top 10 wins of her career wow. by beating three top 10 players this week, okay, two of them were mid-match retirements, but still, Sakiri Jabura and Sabalenka in the same week that's not a bad resume it's very impressive, so I'm sure she'll take a bit of heart in that. Obviously, this one will sting a lot, but still impressive. You know, I'm sure she'll be fairly happy with it for a bit of hindsight, uh, maybe a few days away from the, the loss, basically. Yeah. Yeah, I, uh, following the the win as well for Contovit, just a bit on the WTA race to Guadalajara.
1: Yeah, it's tight, isn't it? The final spots between Jabua and Contovit, isn't it?
0: Yeah, so very, very new news, Gav. I think Jabour is now out of Curemere, where she was meant to play this week. Which ah. now, yeah, she's pulled out. Which now means if Contevit makes the final, she'll make the last spot. That's yeah. Mental. Something it's, to keep an eye on. It's harsh
1: for Jabour as well, who's obviously I'll out with the points as well. Gee, that's just. I
0: know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ash Barty, obviously. I don't know if you'd heard that She'd yeah, lift- she was dropped. Shut down her season, yeah. Yeah, she withdrew, so that's why at 10th place Contevite is sort of next in line. Jabour really does deserve to go, obviously. I, th- I think I'd, I'd love to see her there, but if Contevite could make the final next week, fair enough to her. I just it would be a bit of a shame for Jabour not to have made it yeah. as like sort of a standout player. This maybe, maybe most improved player this season. I don't know if that's too much. Maybe Rada takes that. I don't know for guess. Well, I mean, yeah,
1: he was <laughs> up for debate the there, but I think Jabour is probably the. I mean, it's has been out but I think she's the most entertaining player to watch in the women's mm-hmm. game at the moment, just for the variety. You know, it's so unique. With definitely. Plays. It'd be good, uh, even um, just to get that sort of game style in front of like, a tournament like that. It'd be good to see amongst like the top eight players, just having one that's so unique from the rest.
2: It'd
0: mm-hmm.
1: be good from a viewership standpoint. but um, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, we'll have to see what happens, obviously. But uh, yeah. keep an eye on that
0: next week. But I, I I definitely think that, Gav, like, certainly, Shubu doesn't have to be there for this to be the case, but this year's top eight are very different in play style, which yep. is not, you can't say that every year, definitely. No, you can't, yeah. So it's, it's quite a, a nice, um, you know, bit of variety in the women's <laughs> game. It Absolutely, really shows yeah. that. It's amazing, even at the top of the game. Right, so we'll put the Moscow tournaments to bed and we will move on to Antwerp. Oh. Probably the first thing I want to talk about in Antwerp. It's got to be Andy.
1: No surprise. Yep, no surprise
0: Who is just, honestly, he is entertaining the masses, as always. This match in particular was oh, the one just he, yeah. show-stopping. It was so good.
1: It like, was, and it was ridiculously, um and, you know, it was such a long time that they sustained that high intensity for, you know what I mean, three hours, 45 minutes. Mm-hmm. It was difficult watching it, literally, you know so Intense watching it, let alone what it must have been like for them to play it. But okay, I know, yeah. Murray would get through it just because I think he's stronger mentally than TFO in the big moments. You know, set point in the first set, TFO double fault. I kind of thought, yeah, this is so he did. This is probably going to go to you know, get go to Murray's um, or you know, be in Murray's favor. But then you look mm-hmm. at uh, how he fought back, TFO. I don't know, I just think in the big moments I, I kinda trusted Andy. You know what I mean? A bit more than I would have done maybe even a couple of weeks ago. I just thought he was more switched on in the big moments. Yeah. That, you know, that day than he was the past couple of months anyway.
0: Yeah. I'd love to say I trust him, Gav, but I was just like, there's no way you're getting your first seven in this match point. No yep. way. And then he did it. <laughs> he did it like twice in a row. So I stood corrected. I
1: was, but... There was one mental drop shot where I thought, what on earth is you doing? It was like a chillich moment. He had his own church moment. Well, church was having his in Moscow. Well, he's mm-hmm. having his in Antwerp. And I was like, what was he playing? Drops the oh, back was that in the tie in the back break? In
0: the backhand, back-hand drop shot. Oh, yeah. I know the one you mean. I was just like, you what, know, what the... What is he doing? God damn hell is that, drop-drop Andy? And just, your backhand... You know, good, but yeah, but then he, he finished the match with a drop shot. So you know, yeah. I mean, When he plays it right, he does it. He does it
1: right. It's great. But like in the situation
0: at that point,
1: it was like, why are you doing that? But um
0: he's not, either he's either a hero or a fool. Honestly, it's like, yeah. You know. no, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. That was
1: that was a fantastic match, and you know, fair play to TFO. I mean, he was played in the right spirit and everything. You know, I. I did you see the umpire's chair when he went up on top of that? Yes. It yeah, yeah.
0: yeah, the, the, yeah he ended back. up running up the ladder to hug the umpire if anybody didn't see it. I think Carlos <laughs> Bernardes was a wee bit bewildered by that. But, uh, he didn't hug him, did he? He just was no, just like, I he ran what, up. Damon Liani like, would have
1: probably loved that more than Bernardes. He looked away like, yeah. hey, what are you doing here, pal? But, yeah. I know. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's his match no, here, man. <laughs> fantastic match. Fantastic match. And, and even, you know, he got up to like against Schwarzman, uh, it was 4 1 up. I was thinking, wow, this is like he's recovered really well from his um, any physical problems he would have had. But then, yeah, to be fair, I don't think that was Murray so much like his level dropping. I think Schwartzman just kind of found his game and just kind of raised his level. I think, I think there was some uh, talk of, oh, you know, Murray's, you know, his, his level's gone down. But I think if you actually watch it, Schwartzman's level certainly increased substantially. You know, he, he kind of got to that. He level. played really
0: well. Yeah. Schwartzman
1: just. Sometimes he just doesn't miss a ball. You know, it's, it's like yeah. a quick wall at the other end of the court. So I thought he played really well, Murray, in both his matches. And even though he lost to schwatzman mini break up in the tie break, You know, he's getting
0: his chances. He's not getting blown off the court. He's always in sets. You know what I mean? Yeah. And he, I mean, he played a bloody four-hour match, hadn't he? And he, uh, you know, he came back a couple of days later, and he was, he still played a high level. I don't. I, he does not look at it that way. He, I think I saw a quote from him today that was something like, "I don't care if I." will you know, play well or I don't play well, I just care about winning and losing, which is so
1: play good mentality blunt, to
0: have but it is, yeah, but obviously, you know when you're
1: viewing it on a subjective point of view, it's like yeah, yeah you know, you, you play well down patches, just put it together and um exactly. so that's a the real positive to take out of that week is the fact that you can play three and a half hour you know matches, three hour forty five minute matches and still come back and play a great level and you yeah. find the next the next ball. Well, the day off, but like the next uh, couple of days, which is what you'd have to do at a slam. So, yeah, yeah exactly. Something yeah, yeah. You, can, you can always take positive from, you know,
0: yeah, yeah. Just a few stats on the length of the match. The previous longest match he played over three sets was against Branwich at the World Tour finals in 2016. I that one very well, yep. yeah, yeah. I think it was only seven minutes shorter. And then the longest three set match of anyone's career that mm-hmm. I could find, I'm not 100% sure in this one, but I think. It's Federer versus Del Potro at the Olympics in 2012. How long was that? Four hours, 26 minutes. It's just for a bit of context. Obviously, that went 19-17 in the third set. So, you know, quite impressive. They got even close to that when there was a tie-break in the third set. Mm. So Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, brilliant stuff. Um, A few other things that happened this week. Just quickly, did you see that... Uh, is it Xavier, Xavier. I don't know how maybe to pronounce I'm his least, name. Yeah,
1: playing doubles with Lloyd Harris, absolutely bossing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's I, cool. You know, I think it was uh, was it Marcelo Melo? Who was Melo playing with again? Um, he was. Uh, he was yeah, the number, one, was he number one seeds?
0: Yeah, yeah, they were. Is Doduk maybe even Doduk? Yeah. It was. Even, yeah.
1: It was yes, even it was. Yes, Yeah, it yeah. Was. They won two champions tiebreaks to to get to the, the semis, didn't they?
0: Um. No, they- no, they beat they beat their first round opponents in straight sets. Did he? Yeah, oh. yeah. Mm-hmm. Just like an it now. It's cool stuff from him, though. I really like, you know, 41 years old, comes back and beats the top seeds at a tournament, you know, home ish tournament. I don't know if he lives in Antwerp, but he's a uh, Belgian, obviously. Yeah, home nation, yeah. No, yeah, yeah.
1: He was probably keeping his Leighton Hewitt impression there, because that's what happened to Leighton Hewitt for He just came out retirement to play a few doubles tournaments. So
0: yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. I hadn't mean- played for eight years, I think, did it uh, That would be a good team up, actually. It would. Here, yeah. I'd watch that, definitely. I would watch that. Yeah. One other player I wanted to talk about quickly before moving on to the final. Jensen Brooksby. Yeah. I don't know if you heard Apelka's quote at the start of the week. I thought it was very funny That's, in the yeah, first so, round uh, match. Yeah, yeah. He basically <laughs> if for anybody who didn't see it, he was getting fairly um not destroyed, but you know, destroyed for an Apelka sort of player. And he said during the match he couldn't believe that Djokovic had won a, a game off of him in their first set at the US Open. Obviously, yeah. Brooksby was in one of those moods. He is that kind of player who is in one of those moods who just could not miss for an entire match if he wanted to. It
1: incredible You know, it's perfect conditions for a Pelka indoors with a massive serve. And like he was beaten relatively comfortably oh, for a big server. Um... Brooksby's great to watch, love the defensive game style that he's got, he's such a strong defender, you know, we often talk about flashy players, guys that hit the ball at 100 mile an hour and they can hit winners and, you know, or they can overpower players and that's the best to watch, but you look at Brooksby you think, ah, there's not many players in the game that can defend as well as he does at that age, you know I mean, he reminds me sort of yeah. of Ishikori, the way he defends, um, Yeah. maybe overall is an Ishikori type, because he's not got the biggest serve, but you know, he hits the spots in the serve, he's a great defender, Maybe he's not going to return the Nishikori, but certainly there's some similarities in terms of the defensive, you know, how the strength of his defence uh, in his game. So,
0: yeah, particularly on the backhand side. I know what you mean. Yeah, strong yeah, Very good at guiding it, definitely. And he showed that against Van de but I think he lost like two games against him. But then against Schwartzman, he got fairly badly beaten i think he lost the last nine games so yeah. he is he is human but obviously
1: schwartzman played nakashima in the quarters and just played absolutely incredible i watched that yeah, yeah
2: he, he I was, was playing
1: thinking uh-huh. wow like this is how, how can you play that that well so you know the amount of times he was hitting it to lines you know the power he was having the way he was able to redirect <sighs> pace um I you know people were saying, "Oh, this hasn't been Schwartz's best season," but it does show you he can still he still has that in his locker on a good yeah. day. He's just a nightmare to play against. So. Yeah,
0: yeah, exactly. He's capable of a really high level at any point, basically. Yeah, he, I think Brooksby's quite a bad uh, or Schwartz was quite a bad matchup for Brooksby. Sorry, in terms of serve, I would say because Brooksby's serve is okay. I don't think it's amazing. I think. Schwartzman's going to get every serve back basically, and if it becomes a yeah, baseline battle,
1: Schwartzman's a great returner, isn't he? That's always yeah. going to be a nightmare if you're not going to best the serves because you're not going to be able to win three points regularly. Exactly like what Schwartzman has against like the likes of a Federer and Nadal, you know, or Djokovic best example. Um, you know the way they they return, he's not got the best serve, so it just shows you in that different level. But um, yeah, it's, it's not, it wasn't the best match. I didn't expect him to get absolutely walloped in the set. No,
0: neither game. did I. I thought it was going to be sort of a oh, three-hour four, epic, maybe. to be honest. I thought it would be even more than that. I thought yeah, it would just exactly go on and on and on. Yeah, but it, it, see, the thing is, as you say, like when Schwartzman peaks, you can hit the ball hard enough to beat people like from the baseline. And whether that takes 10 shots or 20 shots, he's got the match. He's got the yeah, rally yeah, temperament. He just, to just doesn't
1: keep, care, does he? He could play 100-drop yeah. rallies, no bother. Like exactly.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly, and he was in one of those moods. So I, I'm sure Brooksby might be able to get the better of him in the future, but certainly when he's in a mood like that, yeah, I don't think it's a good matchup. Definitely. definitely. Yeah. Uh, last thing to talk about then is the list. Yannick Sinner yeah. wins his fifth title in less than a year. So he, he's won four titles this year and one yep. title at the end of last year. Youngest guy to win five titles since Djokovic in 2007. Yep. Moved to a high ranking of number 11.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, well, what other stats have I got? He saved the most break points of anyone in 2021 now at 259 well, break points. I didn't find that stat. You're, you're dedicated to your stats for finding that. <laughs> I know, yeah. Well, I quite yeah, like that it stat. It was, was worth stat. digging out. <laughs> yeah, no, he only got his uh, serve broken once this week against Ring- Rinderneck. He, he was amazing this week. He was so good. And he, he just looks yeah. like he, he's getting better and better every single week.
1: Yeah, f- and, you know, relating that back to Schwartzman, how well Schwartzman played in his quarter. Um, in his semi, and then to that, today he just gets totally blown off the court. It's like,
0: yeah, he, he got beaten 6 2 6 2, in case anybody yeah. didn't see it.
1: And the yeah. semi final against Harris as well. I mean, Harris was playing great stuff this week in singles and doubles, and you think, well, this could be a really long three-setter. And he just immediately, from the first game, he was just on it. I think from the first point, he was on it as well, just literally like 100% perfect. Just like, wow. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Was, I, I'll throw a few other stats at you, Gav, because I want you to. Like realize just how how amazing Cener playing at the moment. It's quite crazy. So against Harris, obviously Harris, I think maybe fifth or sixth or something in terms of aces hit this year. He's you know he's a really really good server. I think people yeah. don't think people underrate it exactly nowadays. But maybe you just because the
1: different style, so if he hits the ball on the rise. You know it's just a different serve to what we. Yeah. Seeing. You know he doesn't get that credit because there's loads of guys that can hit 120 plus now, but you know he's really effective
0: at hitting the spots as well. You know with the yeah. power, which is sort of unique in it's. So It's a bit Roddick-esque in a way it is. Yeah, it's yeah. Good, to, good to watch Yeah, so Harris's ace rate this year was 14.7% Sinner cut that down to 3.3% in this match Which is equivalent to two aces Basically, he was getting everything back oh, Harris yeah. couldn't do anything, basically His return's really good nowadays Like He breaks a lot, Like especially when he's in form like this I would also say the serve as well it was getting better and better. It was maybe a little bit of a weakness at the start of the year, but nowadays he is serving like a dream against Schwartzman. 59% of his first serves went unreturned against yep. the best returner. Well, that the was one day game. of
1: his game at the start of the season, which I thought he needs to improve, and it just shows you he's doing that, you know. So it's, it's good to see, you know, yeah. especially making that um, much of an improvement that quickly. You know, you'd maybe think it might take him a season or take a year. He's doing it in the same season. So it's like, yeah, that shows a clear progression.
0: Mm-hmm. He's such a he's such a quick learner. Obviously, you know, very intuitive. Just must yeah, be quite it's... easy for him, I guess. It's mad. Um, what was the other stat as well? Yeah, highest tour level ace rate of his career against Forstman at eighteen percent. So he's just you know breaking new barriers for himself in terms of service games, breaking new barriers for himself in terms of return games. I think he's just going to keep going up. Definitely. Obviously, I mean, that's not, doesn't take much analysis to get to that conclusion, obviously. I yeah. think anybody who doesn't think Senna is going to be like, sort of, top five, maybe. Is that too much, actually? I don't know. I think top, he'd be top five, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think he'd be top five. Yeah. Definitely.
1: Is he still, can still qualify for Turin, is that right? And I'm not the strongest in my mass, but uh, I think he can.
0: So, yeah, Senna is 400 points behind her catch. Wow. So, it would, yeah, it would involve a fairly good run in the following tournaments. I don't know if he's playing next week. I don't think he is. So it would have to be very good in Paris for him to qualify. But obviously, that's very possible. Um, the conditions suit him really, really well. So yeah, yeah. So it could happen. I, in fact, you know, I would not put it past him to qualify. Definitely, he definitely can. Yeah, yeah. One, it's not a quiz, Gav, don't worry, but it's a question.
1: Thank God for that. You're like the your new Richard Osman who's throwing it, these questions at me. It's,
0: it's like, just, the, just the one question, don't worry. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, Sinner becomes the fifth player this year to win at least four two-level titles. Mm-hmm. Any idea on the other four?
1: Kasparu is one. Yep, yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Djokovic? Yep. Yep, so that's two. Well, we're, we're cooking a gas here. <laughs> uh, yeah. Maybe well i do the mic drop now. Uh, um, <laughs> Okay, let's think about the other ones. This could require some thinking time. Sverev. Sverev, yep. Well, this is this is going better than anyone <laughs> could have dreamed of. Took me more quizzes. Great. Um, clean sweep.
0: Me, it must be Medvedev, surely. And it's Medvedev, yeah, uh, nice. Out, yeah. Well done. I'm going in the c p right now. <laughs> there you go, and yeah. Well, a, a clean, a clean, clean sweep from, from Gab. yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. You better you better record this moment. We are recording it because it's not going to happen very often.
0: Don't worry. Yeah, we've got it saved for you, Gav. It's it's in it's recorded, and everybody will believe me now when I say Gav ace the quiz at one point. Don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> I do have one more question for you, by the way, coming up. Just FYI. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I know. If you can get one hundred percent in an episode, then that's definitely accolade worthy. Right, we'll leave Antwerp in our wake, and move on to our last tournament of the episode, which is Tenerife. Not loads to talk about here, but enough to cover a sort of 5-10 minute section. So we had Anne Lee winning our first tournament. I think she was around sort of 60-odd in the world at the start of the week, beating Camilla Osorio-Serrano in the final. Very interesting fight pair of finalists, definitely. So Anne Lee so she's like 20, I don't know how much you know about Anne Lee, Gav, but American 21-year-old, basically, she hadn't really done anything prior to this season. I don't, apart from my Wimbledon junior final, sorry, I suppose that is something, but um, she hadn't made a breakout in the main tour, yeah. I should say, yeah. uh, <laughs> before prior to this season. I know that's so harsh, isn't it? Sorry.
1: Yeah, like, oh, yeah, yeah, that, that could be something, yeah.
0: <laughs> I do, yeah, she hadn't made a breakout in the in the main tour, I, I'll, I'll rephrase that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but she'd put a lot of work in during the pandemic, basically. Did well at the start of the season um, to get to the final. So, yeah, interestingly, our fellow finalist was Annette Contevi in that final in the Grampians Trophy mm-hmm. uh, t- tournament, basically. But neither of them got to play the, the final. Um, yeah. And now they're both here this week winning a title, which is, is quite a, a nice story. It is, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, abdominal injury, basically sidelined her for a few months. But now she's back to playing her best tennis. And it's getting better week by week. Although we too, I would say, I suppose this is the first stepping stone because she hadn't, she hadn't done loads, I guess, prior to, to this tournament. But this, yeah, this is a major breakthrough for her, definitely. So she beat she beat some all all top 100 players, but all outside the top 50 at the same time, sort of 50 to 100 players. But I mean, Begu, for example, solid, solid player. That was a really good win in straight sets. Uh, Elise Corny, she dispatched her two and one. Yeah, a super win for her. Um, she's a super player and I think she'll, she'll, she's quite nimble. Obviously, loads of uh, amazing movement around the court. Gets yep. to basically every ball. Amazing backhand again. She dispatched. Um, so, so hard to say that name. Osorio Serrano in the final. Really? Yeah, brilliant um, yeah. <laughs> very, I know, thank you very much. Very convincingly. Yeah, brilliant week for her. But mm-hmm. if I was being honest, it's probably a better week for Soraya Sorano, who at only nineteen years old is having an amazing season. Do you know anything about her, Gab? Have you seen I, her play? Her name, but yeah. I've not not seen her play. No, not seen her play. She's um, very new to the tour. I think she only got her first top one hundred win earlier this year. I don't know if this will ring a bell, but she won in Bogota. what like when she got her first top one hundred yeah. win? So, yes, yeah. that, that does ring a bell.
1: Yeah, There's just been so many storylines this year and they kind of get yeah, in, yeah. in the back of your head. But yeah, that that does certainly ring a bell.
0: Yeah, yeah, a lot of narratives. So that was the sort of best part of her season. And this week, she, she went one better and she beat Alina Svitolina. First top 10 win, first top 20 win, only fourth top 50 win. You know, she's ticking off a lot of boxes this week by also beating Camilla Georgie in the semifinals. finals she was she was really good this week, and I, I think it's a name to remember because she's definitely going to be, you know, if she's if she's making a breakthrough this earlier in her career. Then I think she's going to be around for a long while. Absolutely. She'd she already made it to the semis in Belgrade. She'd qualified for Roland Garros and Wimbledon. I think, I think, she'll yeah, you she, should definitely remember well, she's the name. All the Rem- boxes, isn't she? Exactly, yeah. remember uh, the name if you can. I was going to say Gav. Well, uh, it's that
1: pronunciation. It would be hard not to
0: yeah yeah exactly yeah this is the question I was going to give you as well Brilliant. yeah yeah by get, making it to the final she, she yep. made it to number 53 in the world mm-hmm. can you name the four players ranked above her under the age of 20 oh Jesus
1: just as I said you know start introducing quizzes yeah you can, you can scrap <laughs> the quizzes now uh, under <laughs> the age of 20 well she's <laughs> she under the age of 20
0: oh she is 20 She's she's twenty. She is twenty. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I thought, look, I'll, give you, I'll give you. I'll give you. I'll give you a slide on players that are young. But, but I... one. Yep.
1: So that's one out of four. Um. Ah. Mm-hmm. Uh, see, Fionte was like the trump card. Go to that. secured me a point, And whatever happens <laughs> now, that'll be fine. But that that's just completely been blown to bits. Um, <laughs> God. Um. Oh, Rubekina? Oh. No. She okay. Don't.
0: I'll give you. I'll give you a clue. Only one of them. Is nineteen. That's what, that's brilliant. Uh, um, so the other two are younger than that. Coco Goff is not. Is she is she, is she rang that? I thought. Yeah, she, see this. Yeah, she was fifteen yeah. when she broke onto the scene. Obviously, of yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. people. I forget mm-hmm. that all the time. I always think she's like twenty three or something. By yeah, because
1: you've been seeing her for so long. Oh, Pedrosa's too old. Uh, I
0: think Radicani.
1: Oh yeah, Leila Fernandez. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of mm-hmm. that, course, that's that's a shocker. That's that's a nine fifty-two in the evening answer. To
0: that that. Um, yeah, last one's a bit tougher.
1: Yeah, as if it wasn't tough enough already. Um, yeah, well, you've You know, you you said. No right. Um, yeah. I've scrambled together
0: some names. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, Do you want a clue? Yeah, I'm gonna have to take a clue. She. Is European? It's not a big clue, is it? That's a good um, clue, no. <laughs> that just counts about. Countries. Oh, um, hold on! You cut out there, Gav. I'm guessing you just recursing my name. I don't... No, no, no. I was just, I was
1: just saying that that cuts out a lot of countries. <laughs> keeps yeah, keep them in the fold. But, uh, it, whoa, whoa,
0: whoa. Dra- Scandin- Scandinavia. Thousand. Yes, yes, ah, yes. Room. You got it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Nice, nice. Oh, that,
1: that, I just needed that specific clue of Scandinavia. Now. <laughs> 4, that, that, thats such an obvious one as well. It's—it's just... it's a wee bit tough at the same time. Yeah, she's been on a good run recently, so she would have accumulated the ranking points to, to get that high. But
0: yeah, yeah that—that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At the same time, she doesn't immediately come to to mind. I would say. Oh Well, I've not done too badly there. No, no, no. To no, be yeah. fair, it was a hundred percent in the first one, and then sort was, of a hundred percent in the second yeah, one.
1: Sort of a hundred. Yeah, that that always sounds better than. <laughs> Anything
0: else. Yeah, yeah. no, well done there. Um, oh good enough. The only other two matches I was going to cover very quickly, I could maybe spin this in before the quiz part mm. was uh, Towson, coincidentally enough, um, yep. seven for the match in the third set against Heather Watson at five2 ultimately went to a deciding set tie break. Yep. however, Heather Watson wasn't able to push through from five- one mm. up against Towson. That's that, 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 that now makes it. I think that makes her one of our last eleven main draw matches. Yeah. Some really tough
1: losses in there. Sounds harsh, but I just question what what would have happened to Heather Watson's career had she beaten Serena at Wimbledon. Would it have turned out yeah. differently from a mental standpoint? And uh, that's not having a go her for losing that match. Just, who am I to say you know criticize for losing to Serena Williams? And uh, Serena mm-hmm. went on to win the title that year. So
2: yeah, yeah,
1: it's. It's, it's always a what if question that i always think about but um i don't know really it's just it seems to keep happening that you see that isn't it like she gets the winning positions and then she just can't quite close it out but yeah um, i don't like know if every club d- player has that has that experience anyway <laughs>
0: yeah yeah i mean that's true it's happening to her more often no, than though
1: facebook page like these 80 year olds criticize where it's like okay you go out and go i don't
0: yeah, I know, exactly. You know? See, I, I, I do think there's maybe a bit of a stumbling block there for her now. I think it's because it keeps happening. You know? It's a yeah. you know, It's not as if
1: there's any real kind of gap. It's always it just seems to always be happening at the moment.
0: Um, yeah, exactly. I don't know if you like. do you remember Schwantek and Eastbourne? Yes, I did. Maybe. I watched that match, yeah. Was, yeah, up 5-2.
1: Just completely got away from her. You know yeah, mean? yeah. It pretty, It was pretty dramatic. It wasn't as if it was slowly tapering off. It was literally a cliff was there and it
0: I know, yeah, yeah. and then um, Christy Ann as well at Wimbledon, 8-6 in yeah. the third, yeah, there has been some very tough ones for her. Yeah,
1: you so, just hope that maybe a win would turn that around completely, but
0: Yeah, exactly. that's where the thinking. coming
1: from, that, that's the problem. Um, I know. I've had an experience with that, I lost a doubles match in the club champs, uh, being 8-3 up and doubles in doubles and there. I was lucky I had a racket left after that. Um, <laughs> at least he wasn't doing you know, the swearing that I was coming out with it was, you know, beautiful language and reverberating around the indoor courts there. So apologies to anyone that heard that. They probably heard it <laughs> in America to be fair. <laughs> I but, like that.
0: Yeah. yeah. I mean Heather Watson, if you're listening, take solace and Gav. awesome, gavs. I, story. I've
1: got a you know, snatching snatching defeat from the jaws of victory.
0: That's and, my favourite quote for me. I like that one. That was a proper <laughs> Mark Petrie quote that. Actually, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I do like that one yeah. so yeah take heart in that Heather um, the only other match I was going to cover in Tenerife just before we, we close up was Sarah Soribes Tormo in her fifth match of the year over three hours in length so that's I think it was three hours 26 minutes against Gratchva, up 5-1 in the third managed to lose five games on the bounce before losing in a tie break oh, very, it's very uh, SST Definitely. <laughs>
1: that is absolutely, hip- yeah.
0: Brutal. It is quite brutal, yeah. Um, but yeah, she's she comes she comes up with some very peculiar matches a lot of the time. To be fair, so that's not even that peculiar in the grand scheme of SST matches. Definitely, mm. um, she's a very entertaining player to watch for sure. And stuff like that just happens to her all the time. It's very. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. I just thought that was quite an interesting one to, for her to have played five three-hour matches this year. I don't think there's there's many of the men that will have done that, even with the Grand Slam matches. To be honest. Yeah. Oh <laughs> so, no! no yeah. Well, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's pretty mad. Right, should we close up there, Gav?
1: I think so. I think the quiz has just knocked the stuffing out of me, really.
0: I know, yeah, yeah. I, I was just, there. I was just making sure you got a good sleep tonight, Gav. Don't yeah, worry. Well. Yeah, <laughs> hey, consider it all that. Yes, yeah, alright, it's okay. You did well. You did very well in the first one, and you I still got the, the first clue. Of, like this is maybe a clue going can help you see it. it's from Europe, you know, from I know. Europe, like <laughs> like Sorry about that. Just in case <laughs> your mind, was in Australia or America? But yeah. then, yeah, it's not that helpful at all, really. <laughs> Um yeah, next week, what have we got? Do we know Vienna? Vienna we yeah. have very strong got... lineup tomorrow actually. Very strong
1: lineup. You've yeah. yeah. I mean that's like I've never seen a Monday at uh, a tournament as strong as that for quite some time actually. Yeah. Usually you spent maybe one seed or two seats to play, like maybe a night session, but the whole session, it's like wow, Dan Evans is playing, Baslar Philly's playing, Murray's playing. It's like wow, that's one hell of an order to play.
0: Um so yeah, sorry, we've got Vienna, we've got Transylvania on the women's side. We've also got Kiermier on the women's side, and on the men's side, the other two fifty is Saint Petersburg. Saint Petersburg, yeah. So there we go. Yeah, we should have plenty to talk about next week as well.
1: Oh, we should, go. We
0: should yeah. do. Yeah. Thanks very much for joining us. Thanks for listening to the end. If you did, you can catch my work on JackEdward.substack.com. The usual. You can yep. catch Gav's work on Last Word and Tennis. The usual. You want to yourself to that. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. Thank you very much, guys. We'll catch you next time on the Online Tennis Podcast. Cheers. Cheers.